Hello and welcome to another edition of the City Business Festival Honest Series. The City Business Festival is brought to you by APSA Bank Ghana with support from the GIPC. This week we've been focusing on agriculture and agribusiness, understanding and thriving within the sector. Today we want to know what commercial agriculture is. And my guest for the show is the commercial manager for RMG Ghana Limited, Martin Tetenati. Martin, great to have you on the Honest Series. Thank you, Bernard. What does the commercial manager of RMG Ghana actually do? Okay, so RMG Ghana Limited is uh, an input distribution company and the commercial manager is actually in charge of the entire commercial activity of RMG Ghana Limited. This, it, it, it cuts across from provision of uh, agronomic services to the business content of what we do. Our focal market is a smallholder farmer. So the commercial manager must understand the needs of this smallholder farmer and provide needs that can be able to, you know, uh, help them improve their livelihood, improve their yield, for them to stay in business so that we can also stay in business. Let's talk about the evolution of agriculture into agribusiness. Yeah. So in the past, so we are all farmers, 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 but now we are seeing agriculture value chain, value chain, now talking about agribusiness. So clearly there's been some sort of shift. Walk me through that. Okay, so the evolution of agriculture has not really changed much. Uh, it, I'm, I'm sure it's, it's, it's a matter of semantics, the, the, the continuous change of names. But agriculture is basically farming, the art of feeding the nation, the art of producing uh, crops, uh, livestock, to feed uh, what's the, uh, I mean, human beings or the nation. So uh, over time, we used to do subsistence farming, but then we moved beyond subsistence. We want to make money out of the production we're doing because it is important, because not all areas across the, across the world can actually be able to do farming. Now, such the areas which, which are doing farming need to be able to feed areas which are not into a major farming production. So that's how the, the word agribusiness came into play. So agribusiness, as you all know, is just a portmanteau of the word agriculture and business. And uh, basically, it is just to the commercialization of farming for the benefits of stakeholders and probably you know, shareholders in that very venture. So it means that agriculture today has new disciplines that are required. Soil science, crop science, genetics, and it's no longer just knowing how to plant and harvest. Yeah. There's a lot of new, new things going on. So the specialists in agriculture are from different fields, right? That's it. So uh, we used to be doing the normal production, you know, because from the, the beginning of time, there was so much land. And as such, we can then be able to do what we call a shift cult shifting cultivation. So you do, you do the production year, the yield goes down, you move to a different end. Now, urbanization is taking much more of our land. And as such, the, the, the land that, that used to be available for, you know, arable purposes are no more there. And that means we will now, now have to improve the production of, you know, the little land we have mm -hmm. so that we can be able to feed the increasing population. So we've now moved beyond just normal farming. And now we have um, various disciplines. I mean, there, 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 is a, there is genetic engineering, which is, uh, you know, it has its own issues. I mean, many, many conspiracy theories coming here and there. But then over time, crops have to be genetically modified just so that we can be able to have enough to feed the world. What about agribusiness? What is it and how different is agribusiness from agriculture? 
So, uh, as I made mention, agriculture used to be known as just the normal farming, you know, selling the land, expecting some produce. Now, agribusiness is more of the commercialization of the process of agriculture. So, uh, simple put, uh, you have to now have a, you know, a different orientation. So, now agriculture production needs to be merged with marketing processes just so that we can then be able to, uh, you know, make commercial sense of the production we're doing. So, I do classify the agribusiness into three components. Mm -hmm. And uh, with this component, I have the first component as the production sector. So, the production sector is where we pick our seed, we go to the land and we till the land. Then we have the second component, which I term as the agricultural input sector. Mm -hmm. So, agricultural input sector would actually feed into the agricultural production sector. Then we have what we call the processing and the manufacturing sector. So these three sectors are interrelated and they are also interdependent, they are actually dependent on each other. So if the agricultural input sector has an issue, then it will affect the production sector, then eventually affects the processing and manufacturing sector. So this is where we are now. Agriculture is no more cutlass and hose. Agriculture is now real business, it needs real thinkers, and agriculture now is it's just like normal businesses. I mean, uh, the processes of managing a, mm -hmm. a, a one billion turnover company, mm -hmm. the same way of managing, you know, a hundred thousand turnover farming business. So it it hasn't really changed much. It's just that we have now commercialized the normal farming that we do. So talk to me about the agriculture input sector. Are you referring to pesticides? Are you talking about fertilizer? Are you talking about how lucrative and large is that? Because being a commercial manager of a company like RMG, just explain to me the type of opportunities that exist within the input sector. Okay, so um, there are various value chains. So in the agricultural input sector, there are value chains. So there are those who are into the, what we call the agrochemicals, but technically named as crop protection products. Mm -hmm. So there's a value chain in there. There's a fertilizer bit of it. That's one value chain. And there was a seed. You know, the seed is actually the beginning of all agricultural life. Mm -hmm. And that's also one value chain. Now, when we come to the agricultural input sector, mm -hmm. we've now gone beyond just the provision of seed, chemicals, and fertilizer. Now, we are now in the era of providing what we call precision farming. Precision farming. Precision farming services. So, if ordinarily you would have used maybe a liter to do, uh, I mean, to spray one acre, I mean, now you can then use the same one liter to actually spray more than one acre. Because you can now be able to identify which areas actually need the agricultural input. So, although it's more of a service, it's also part of the agricultural input sector. And uh, 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 it, it's huge. And the reason why I say the agricultural sector input sector is huge is because the pop our population keeps increasing. Mm -hmm. Ghana's population increased by, I think, 2.5% minimum each year. Mm -hmm. The world's population is also increasing. Africa as a continent, our population is increasing. Uh, I mean, Africa population is uh, 1.2 billion, around that figure. And it's estimated by 2050, Africa population is going to hit 2.5 billion. That then means, it's one thing, we need to eat. And by eating, that means you will need to improve the production we're doing. And as such, agricultural input sector can't run as it used to be. So now, there are agricultural economists who need to provide a better understanding of the business we're doing and they would bring the 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 the, the models and the and the systems of economics 
fields with agriculture mm-hmm. so that we can then be able to improve productivity. You also said that the production sector, which is the typical thing we know. That's it. Now, the production sector used to be, you know, I have an, an, an acre of land. I, I go with my family to do production. Mm-hmm. Now, that acre of land that we used to have is no more there because, you mm-hmm. know, urbanization have taken part of even our rural areas. Mm-hmm. And now production is no more based on land areas. So when people talk about commercial farms, what comes to mind is one farmer is having maybe 10,000 acres. Mm-hmm. Then we see that person as a commercial farmer. But one thing that we forget is about the productivity of that, of that, of that vast land. Mm-hmm. Now in this era, we have major, I mean, uh, uh, we, have, we have new technologies. The use of the greenhouses. Mm-hmm. The use of what we call the vertical farming technologies. And by that, I mean the use of hydroponics, aeroponics, aquaponics. Mm-hmm. So in your own house, you can then have an hydroponic system that can be able to provide and give you the same yield that you could have had on a 10 acre land. So one plot of land, one, you know, one plot of land is basically about, uh, I mean, it's less than a thousand meters square. It can do the same job that a 10,000 hectare can do. Is that what you call vertical farming? That's what we call vertical So what's the difference between aquaponics? You, you said something ponics, ponics. Yeah, so I mean, there are hydroponics, that's where you would need... Uh, I mean, these are what we call soilless production. Mm-hmm. So you don't necessarily need the soil to do the production. Mm-hmm. So with, with, with aquaponics, you need... Uh, I mean, it's, the, the nutrient will be drawn from the liquid. So you'd have uh, uh, active ingredient being mixed up to give you a, a base. Now we have aquaponics. Aquaponics is where you are doing both the production of crops mm-hmm. and you would use the, 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 uh, the waste of these crops to feed some fishes. Then we have aeroponics. And aeroponics is where you draw your nutrients from the atmosphere. So these are areas where some Ghanaians have begun I mean, eventually. Can we use these things to do commercial farming at home? And that is commercial farming. Really? Because, yes, because... A 10-acre land, you know, uh, a 10-acre land is 10,000 meters uh, 10, square. Mm-hmm. A 10-acre land is uh, 100,000 meters square. Mm-hmm. And you are going to use uh, 250 meters square mm-hmm. to do the very same job that a 100,000 meters square can do. Mm-hmm. So this, that, that is the peak of commercial farming. Mm-hmm. So commercial farming is no more about land size. Wow. It's about using input technology. We're discussing commercial agriculture with Martin Tetenate, commercial manager RMG, as part of the City Business Festival. And he's just walking us through the various stages. We've spoken about inputs and production. Uh, I'm guessing the process manufacturing is the biggest or it's just different? Talk to me about that. Yeah, process and manufacturing, it's, it's not the biggest, but it's, uh, it's different. In terms of... Um, Turnover or probably revenue generation, you would say yes, it is the biggest. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason being that Ghana, as a country, you have, I mean, helps significantly in the production of 70% mm-hmm. of cocoa across the world. However, the industry itself, we are enjoying just 2% of it. Wow. That then means that the production is actually, is, the production is important, mm-hmm. but more focus needs to go into the processing and the manufacturing. Mm-hmm. And that is where you can then change the raw materials into uh, either semi-finished product or finished product. Mm-hmm. That's where you can then be able to, you know, get uh, more revenue. 
So let me give you a typical example. Mm -hmm. uh, cocoa prices fluctuate year in year out. Mm -hmm. But the chocolates, I mean the chocolate as a as the as the end product as it fluctuates. Mm -hmm. That then means that if Ghana or individuals who don't want to go into farming start focusing on the process and manufacturing, they can have a steady flow of revenue where they can be able to make more meaningful projection. Mm -hmm. And the reason why people claim agriculture is risky is because revenue or income is not fixed. And whenever there is glut, the farmer is punished. Mm -hmm. And whenever there is scarcity, that's what the farmer benefits. And that's why people claim agriculture is risky. Mm. So if we can then move beyond just the production, beyond, I mean, agricultural input supplier as well, then we can then go, go into the processing and manufacturing. And that is where we can then be able to bake mm. so much. So Africa has a large population. We are the second largest continent. Yeah. Um, we have a lot of good land. Yet we import so much food. And we are not able to make as much money from agriculture as other countries are. What's going on there? Anyway, to also put your question also it's more, I mean, a better perspective. Mm -hmm. Africa actually is the home of 50% of the world's cultivable land. Wow. 50% of the world's cultivable land. And Half uh, of the world's cultivable land is yes. in Africa. However, our import bill uh, as of 2018 is $35 billion. Hmm. And it's projected to move to 110 billion by 2025. Mm -hmm. This then means that we are still we are we are not moved fast enough. Mm -hmm. We are not we are not we are adopting the new technology, yes. But I think we are not adopting it fast enough. Mm -hmm. And the reason why the rest of the world, which is doing lesser than the fifty percent, we are doing lesser land area than ourselves. The, why the reason why they are they are doing much more better. Mm -hmm. is because they have adopted improved technology, improved mechanization processes, and that's why they are getting a better yield than we do. So, in, 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 the, in Europe, where they do have, uh, you know, uh, uh, four different seasons, mm -hmm. where there are some seasons that they cannot be able to do proper production, mm -hmm. they are able to export. However, we have the best weather condition, I mean, our, our rainy season, our dry season is almost the same. We don't really have so much sharp differences in temperature. Mm -hmm. That means we can be able to do production all year round. Mm -hmm. However, because we've not, we've seen, we, are, we used to see or we still continually see mm -hmm. agriculture as a, you know, a, I mean, a, a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. That's why it's so. But the only way for our rural folks mm -hmm. to move from I mean, the poverty to, I mean, a better livelihood mm -hmm. is for us to start seeing agriculture as a business mm -hmm. and start inculcating business methodology into agriculture. We'll come to how that works in practice, but talk to me about Ghana. So you gave me some figures for Africa in terms of import bill, the size of the market. What, what, what are the key facts about Ghana's agriculture? So... Um, with Ghana, the agricultural land of Ghana constitutes 57.1% of total land area. That means we have 57% of the whole land area apart from, I mean, uh, uh, being available for production. Mm -hmm. However, we are using less than half of that under production. Mm -hmm. And 90% of those productions are smallholder farming. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by smallholder farming is those who are doing less than two hectares of land. And by two hectares of land, I mean, uh, those who are doing uh, one hectare is 2.5 acres. Mm -hmm. So they are doing lesser mm -hmm. than five, 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 five acres of land. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's where 90% mm -hmm. of our production is. And that's the problem. 
because we need to move beyond that. We need to have, if we have land available, we need to do more commercial production in terms of land space. Mm-hmm. And we need to start having mechanization as part of the work we do. Okay. So whenever you, even Google, mm-hmm. agriculture in Africa, you'll see one poor farmer or an, an old man who is tired mm-hmm. having maybe a whole of cutlass. Mm-hmm. That needs not to be the image of, you know, agriculture when it comes to Africa. Mm-hmm. And there is the reason. is because Ghana is importing as much 2.4 billion worth of food every year. And this 2.4 billion that we, I mean, that we are giving to a farmer elsewhere. Mm-hmm. So imagine if Ghana, this, I mean, if Ghanaian farmers start taking part and you know enjoying from the chunk of this 2.4 billion, definitely our livelihood would actually improve. Mm-hmm. And in the year uh, 2018, Ghana imported 425 million US dollar of rice, mm-hmm. and this is rice coming from Pakistan. Korea, India, Thailand, Japan, Vietnam, the US of A. Yet we have that land that we can be able to do set production. To start doing, I mean, to start import substituting the the, the the import we are we are we are actually bringing into the country in terms of food. Mm-hmm. So I think the opportunities are clear. And uh, uh, first and foremost is mechanization service provision. Mm-hmm. If we start mechanizing, that then means that we will reduce the drudgery on farmers. Mm-hmm. Agriculture no more then becomes, quote unquote, a difficult venture. Mm. Because there will be mechanization, there will be machines, there will be tractors, that will be helping you. Secondly, we have what we call the precision farming services. Mm-hmm. So if you would need even a mechanized farm, uh, uh, maybe a tractor, that might use two hours to plow maybe 10 acres. You can then have a drone that can use 20 minutes to spread that 10 acres. Uh-huh. And that is where precision farming comes into play. So we don't do the, the free-for-all the free application of fertilizer. Uh-huh. You can then have these precision farm technologies to be able to identify which part of your land lacks what kind of nutrients. And mm-hmm. as such, you then reduce your production cost. Then the farming then becomes profitable to you. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned hydroponics and uh, aquaponics and these other vertical technologies. Mm-hmm. And also the provision of technical and farm, service, farm management services. Mm-hmm. Just like any other business, before you venture into it, you would start by understanding what you are doing. Mm-hmm. For a recorder to move into becoming profitable ventures, those who want to venture into it need to understand what they are going into. So if you want to go into tree crops, then you need to understand what tree crops are about. You need to understand the rudiment of tree crops. You cannot apply the same system of tree crops into the production of vegetables. You would fail. Mm-hmm. Because vegetable is a short term, three months you're harvesting, and you need to start preparing your nursery for the next batch. Mm-hmm. However, tree crops, you need four or five years to start getting returns. Mm-hmm. And for vegetables, you need that tender loving care. For tree crops, you don't need it. So you need to understand the venture you'd want to go into it. Then you can then be able to, I mean, gain the technical understanding of it. Mm. Then I think finally, mm-hmm. finally, I would mention is uh, the 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 expectation. In the, I mean, the expectation of markets. In as much mm. as I'm mentioning such huge figures and Africa importing so much, you, uh, you before you go into farming, you need to understand where your market is. Mm. If you don't have the market available, there is no need for you to go into it. Mm-hmm. But what then happens is 
most agricultural inputs, especially vegetables, are perishable. Mm-hmm. And when you don't get, when you are done and you have your produce and there is no market, you may then be forced to sell way lower than your production cost. Then you then claim farming is not a profitable venture. So, so far, you haven't spoken about capital, money. You've spoken about skill, knowledge, tools, and equipment. How key is money in commercial agriculture? At what point does it emerge? So money is money is important, and I mean, or capital for that matter is important. However, it isn't the ultimate. Mm-hmm. The reason why I say so is you can start your production on your maybe if you have a, a one plot of land and you have your house on one portion, you can start your production on the smaller portion of land, mm-hmm. and but that means you can then be able to start gaining. I mean, they needed funds to be able to go into a bigger venture. Mm-hmm. So to mention, uh, you know, one plot of land can actually harvest or can, can have 625 heads of cabbage. Mm-hmm. So let's say even if you enjoy some losses, then you have 500 heads. Each mm-hmm. cabbage is costing three, th- three Ghana cities, even I mean the least. Mm-hmm. That gives you 1,500 Ghana cities mm-hmm. from just a quarter of your one plot. Mm-hmm. That then means that when you know what to grow, you can start building your capital from that end. You don't need a big land for you to claim you are into profitable, uh, I mean, farming venture. Mm-hmm. You need to know what crop is needed at what point. And, uh, but when you want to go into the major large-scale farming, and I, I'm, not make, I'm not making reference to commercial, I'm saying large-scale is because you have large tract of land. Then there's the need for you to have uh, machinery to support the work you do. And that is where you need support from either bank or from the mm-hmm. from the from the public, uh, I mean the, the, the government or you know from other loans. You so can you're saying to. that commercial farming doesn't have to be large scale. No, please. But large scale farming is commercial. That's it. <laughs> That's interesting. Have all the things you said applied to, or do all the things you s- you've said apply to animal husbandry as it does to agronomy. That's it. I mean, it, it, it applies to uh, animal husbandry as well because uh, we used to be doing the free range system when it mm-hmm. comes to uh, poultry and other uh, livestock. Mm-hmm. Now we move into, for livestock, I mean, for, for poultry, now we do what we call the, the battery cage mm-hmm. where you would use a smaller space of land to keep the, I mean, to keep the, the, the bed for, I mean, improved productivity. And as such, you reduce your feed, your feed losses, you reduce... Uh, labor and all these things will then reduce your 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 total expenses on your production. So it's still same. The the principle for farming cut across as I may mention. But then if it's livestock, and now you need to understand the rudiment of livestock. You need to understand what can make you money now. If you do a broiler system where the, the imported poultry is way cheaper than the broiler system, then that means you cannot be able to sell your beds when it's not peak periods. Mm-hmm. So that's why a lot of a lot of brothers do come up when uh, we have either Christmas or Easter or you know any of these uh, I mean festivals or traditional festivals is because that is the point at which individuals would want to opt for the local production of bread, I mean of, of the beds. So you need to understand the business you want to go to, you need to understand mm-hmm. I mean your your understand your marketing, uh, I mean the the preference of your of your of your customer, mm-hmm. and that is why the understanding these things would then improve your farming, your agriculture from just normal farming to agribusiness. Mm. Now, there are certain things I feel one needs to consider if you want to enter commercial farming, which are beyond your control. For example, 
irrigation yep. as a way of keeping the soil I mean, moist moist yeah. when when the rain season doesn't come mm-hmm. transportation infrastructure to convey inputs and the food to the market processing capacity because or in storage because we can't eat everything sure. these things may not nec- you as a farmer you can't think about, you can't solve all these things you need government and the district assembly and all these things to come on board so how do you manage things like irrigation transport infrastructure and all these warehousing things because as a farmer you can't you can't solve all these problems yourself yes uh, that, that's that's rightly said the when it comes to um, you know transportation mm-hmm. and uh, i mean uh, processing capacities mm-hmm. These are, I mean, that's where the public sector, I mm-hmm. mean, engagement needs to come in, where mm-hmm. you'd have a public-private partnership to do those things. However, when it comes to irrigation, you, I mean, the Ghanaian uh, agricultural uh, or the Ghanaian rainy season has a particular pattern. You understand the pattern, then you follow suit. You understand me? There are a pattern that you follow suit. However, if you'd want to do an all-year-round production, Mm-hmm. Then there's what we call the supplementary irrigation. As an individual, mm-hmm. you can, if you can, you, you do investment in certain things. However, I'm also rightly aware that there are other government-instituted, uh, you know, agencies which are into the provision of, I mean, uh, irrigation areas. When you talk about the, the point irrigation projects where they provide irrigation for rice farmers, when you talk about JCAP, when they, are, I mean, up north they are providing irrigation for, I mean, commercial farmers. So, I mean. Government can do. Government is doing it bit. Mm-hmm. However, as an individual person, I mean, an individual farmer who wants to go into commercial farming, you need to understand all these things. So, if you know you cannot provide what we call the supplementary irrigation, then you then need to ensure that you follow suit with the normal rain pattern, just so that you can also be able to cash in. You understand me? Mm-hmm. And uh, but then it's it's for transportation and uh, the processing. For that one, obviously, the, that's where there's a need for us to engage government. And I know uh, the, the various district assemblies have their own rural enterprises pro- programs where they engage these, these, these farmers within their areas where they, 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 they think to see the need of them in, mm-hmm. in their you know, day-to-day mm-hmm. uh, activities. Before we come to ideas for crops that I, you think we should go into or, or things. I just want, I've been hearing this word a lot, outgrower schemes. Yeah. So some people went for land to farm and then somebody said, why don't you use the locals to do outgrowers? What does that mean? How does that work? So the outgrower scheme is a system of farming just that uh, an individual who's, who is an, who is the, the outgrower business mm-hmm. will have a nucleus farm. Okay. What I mean by a nucleus farm is you have a farm which which actually follows the needed good agricultural practices. Mm-hmm. Then that farm then becomes the learning point or the technical provision point for farmers within the community. Mm-hmm. So when you are about applying your fertilizer, you engage all these farmers who are willing to produce for you, mm-hmm. who are willing to who are willing to follow your your protocol. Mm-hmm. They will then come on board and observe you do your application then they go to their own farms and replicate the same mm-hmm. so with the outgrower scheme you as the you are the business person have your farm then you recruit other farmers mm-hmm. around 
So you provide them with inputs, you provide them with uh, agronomic services, then you then become their buyer as well. And this is one of the strongholds of RMG Ghana Limited. Mm -hmm. We are actually running the biggest outgrower schemes wow. in Ghana, where we are producing over 30,000 acres of maize mm -hmm. in the Sicilia area under the, the, the farmer brand name Master Ranaziki. Mm -hmm. And uh, when we come to uh, the, the southern sector, we are doing rice, mm. where we provide a granny and the copper. These are, made, these are rice which are produced by smallholder farmers. Then we are also doing cotton as well around the trip pony areas. Mm -hmm. We are doing cotton. And we, we also ventured into uh, soya bean this year. Mm -hmm. and, by, and, and, and this is also happening in the northern region. So outgrass is one of our strongholds, and it's, it's a way of lifting smallholder farmers from poverty and improving their livelihood. Mm -hmm. Finally, we are in a post-COVID era, or hopefully COVID is still here, but yeah. some people want to go into agriculture. Can you give me one or two high-demand, profitable cash crops that you think, if I want to go in for the long term, I should go? And I've heard of cashew, there's always cocoa, yeah. some people are doing yam and things. Mm -hmm. Where is the market going <laughs> so that we can adjust ourselves? Yeah, I mean, depending on the, the market you're looking at. But when it comes to the, the tree crops, mm -hmm. uh, you already know of cocoa. Mm -hmm. Now, cashew, I mean, it's, it's also uh, an emerging competitor to, I mean, mm -hmm. cocoa when it comes to the yeah, I mean, foreign income earning. Mm -hmm. However, we, there, there is mango. Mm. There is mango. And believe you me, mango is very profitable. Although mango also, you need to understand the mango production. Mm -hmm. It needs a lot of work. It needs a lot of tact. Mm -hmm. Either that you will not, you wouldn't achieve the right uh, results. Mm -hmm. And uh, what I call the, new, the newest kid on the block is coconut. Coconut? Yes. What I call the newest kid on the block. Mm. And with coconuts, now we have hybrids that can be able to start bearing fruits. Mm -hmm. I mean, from as, as, as early as three and a half years to four years. Mm-hmm. And uh, literature tells us that coconut, one coconut tree can be able to last 60 years. Wow. So if you keep your agricultural practices right on point, you can then be able to harvest for the next 60 years. Mm. And, uh, you know, I mean, if you need to do some little math with it, it will, be, it will interest you to know mm -hmm. that coconut is actually one of the profitable I mean, wow. ventures to go into. However, mm. when it comes to vegetables, um, there's some vegetables you can't go wrong. Mm -hmm. So there's cabbage, you can't go wrong. Mm -hmm. That's what we call the capsicum. What we call the bell peppers. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, now there are various colors. There are yeah, some are way, yellow, some, some are orange, orange, some are green. Yes. The, the bell, bell peppers. The bell peppers. That's, that's also a product can go wrong. Mm -hmm. Ordinarily, every every meal you make or every stew. We like pepper in Ghana. Pepper is important. <laughs> yes. Then we have the chili pepper, we have uh, tomatoes as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's also one kind of block when it comes to the short term. And that, that's what we call the, the orange flesh sweet potato. Orange flesh, flesh sweet, sweet potato. potato. It was pound, it was it was actually uh, championed mm -hmm. by Kofi uh, Okay. Yes, and uh, where it, it it has a lot of nutrients and mm -hmm. it's it's good for I mean, children, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, and and now people are using it for bread. People are using it for uh, other other feed. Mm -hmm. And it also have a lot. I mean, a bigger export uh, export value. Mm -hmm. And that's also one kid on the block, which is which actually making a lot of waves. Mm -hmm. And unlike uh, most other uh, short-term crops, orange flesh sweet potato does not have so much problems okay. when it comes to I mean, insect control, mm -hmm. when it comes to disease and uh, you know control. And that becomes one investment opportunity. 
So within three months, an acre of orange finished potato can be able to give you between four and five wow. metric ton. Mm. And at selling a kilo at uh, a 1.5 CD, that means you can be able to make a cool 6,000 Ghana CD from an acre of orange flesh sweet potato within a period of 90 days. Wow. So it, uh, this, I mean, there are many, many opportunities out there. Mm. And uh, I mean, I would advise anyone who is willing to go into it to start small, learn the rudiments, and you can be able to achieve it. Fantastic stuff. Thank you very much, Martin Tete Nate. Commercial Manager, RMG Ghana, talking about commercial agriculture. Fascinating stuff. Looking forward to talking to you again sometime soon. The Honor Series, in fact, the whole City Business Festival is brought to you by APSA Bank and the GIPC.